Yo, this is BJ Gador, host of the weekly BJ podcast. I'm a former fat guy turned cover model, and I'm also the former fitness director for the Men's Health brand. I specialize in helping busy men and women just like you burn fat, build muscle, and boost metabolism while having a little fun along the way. And I'll be interviewing some of the most influential men and women in the health, fitness, and nutrition space to give you a weekly dose of Fitspiration. Follow me everywhere on social media at BJ Gador, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. And for more podcasts, plus workout, meal prep, and mobility content, please visit thedailybj.com, hashtag not a porn site. Membership is just $9.69 per month. Cancel anytime. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when each weekly episode is posted. This is the Weekly BJ Podcast. Yo, BJ Gador with the Weekly BJ Podcast, Episode 2. And today, a very special guest, Anthony Minetti, a gentleman who was on MTV's True Life and a fitness pro that I want you guys and gals to get to know. Here we go. This episode of the Daily BJ Podcast is brought to you by Nobody! BJ Gador here with the Weekly BJ Podcast and special guest today, Mr. True Life himself, the perfect physique, Anthony Minetti. This is a guy that uh, I recently connected with on Instagram. I had the pleasure of going on his Project My Life podcast and he was gracious enough to return the favor to come on my podcast. And, And this is a guy that was kind of way ahead of the fitness game in a lot of ways. He did this project with, with uh, MTV called True Life. If you're a millennial and you didn't watch True Life, you must have lived in a cave. Uh, and I, I watched this guy get ready for a bodybuilding show and, and really just like show what it was like to get super lean, step on stage and make all these sacrifices and, and live the dedicated life of a natural bodybuilder. And it was very inspiring. And when I recently connected with Anthony on Instagram, I just wanted to get on the horn here with him, get to know his story better, because I, I don't know much about him beyond uh, the MTV True Life, and just hearing you know, what it was like filming that, what it was like uh, after that, because I, I, he basically told me that he kind of went into a cave and, and was so discouraged with some of the negativity that he got from doing the show, and, and now he's doing big, uh, bigger and better things. He's got a new gym, a new podcast, a lot of motivation coming your way. So Anthony, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's a truly an honor. I'm, I'm grateful for, for this opportunity and the fact that you'd want to shoot the shit with me, man. I really appreciate that. I'm grateful. Well, you know what? You came prepared. You have your hair slicked up. You obviously got some product in there. This, this is a big <laughs> deal, right? I just came out of the shower, man. I just came out of the shower. I want to clean myself up, did a little pump real quick, get my arms nice and full. The, the, the biceps vein was looking pretty tight. So uh, well, I, I noticed that when I was on your podcast, too. I'm like, this dude clearly just did some band bicep curls before he started recording. And you gotta get a pump, man. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta build my, uh, my, my ego up a little bit, and I gotta make, it's actually therapy for me. It kind of releases all the tension, and then I can focus on uh, whatever's at hand. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I want to get into your origin story, and then also MTV True Life, and all the things you've got going on currently today. But one thing I noticed on your website is a quote, I self-medicate with exercise and build confidence. You want to kind of touch on what that means? Yeah, so 
what I'm trying to do, the, the personal branding thing has been my struggle since DMTV and figure out who I am. Um, I had to do like some self-reflecting and just figure out what, what is my message? What am I doing? I don't want to just be the guy who just, you know, puts his, you know, physique out there for, for likes and, and follows. And I wanted to have a, a meaning and I want to have a purpose. So I did a little dive in, 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 internally and I, and I came to the conclusion that, you know, fitness has brought me confidence. And since the age of 13, even younger than that, uh, judo, my parents put me in judo at, a, at an early age because I was a little bit overactive. Um, but by today's standards, I probably would have been ADHD and I probably would have been medicated up. Um, but, but then it was like, just let, put them in a sport or give them some kind of discipline. So judo was, was you know, the, uh, the avenue they took and I'm grateful for that because it taught me discipline and, and, and it got me kind of like focused on, on fitness and I was able to bring, you know, negative stuff. Or I'm not sure at nine years old what kind of negative energy it was, but at least it had me pointing in the right direction. Um, and then I did baseball and then, you know, some, some lifestyle stuff. My parents moved from North Jersey down to South Jersey and I, I left all my friends behind. I had nothing to do. So I became like a Nintendo, you know, freak and I just ate and I, I didn't do anything. And my parents were like pushing me to do sports and become social. So I started baseball and I did like, you know, recreational stuff. And I was athletic just because I have an athletic, um, it's who I am. Um, so I was able to get by with like minimal effort. Um, and then I started weight training and that became like my, my, my spot. I was able to go in my room at night and, and be by myself. And that was like my therapy. I used to do my thinking and I used to, you know, just kind of like bring everything from the outside world. And I always dissect it in those, in those hours that I spent building my body. And then I, like you said earlier, you notice that you can build muscle and change your body on a cellular level. And I was just talking about that this morning in the studio. I was like, that just a few, just a few sets and you can feel you know, your muscles kind of like swell up a little bit. And that was like instant gratification, gratification for me as a 13 year old. So I became addicted to that. Um, and then like through high school, I realized that like, not that I, I was friendly with everybody, but I never really had a click. Um, and again, bodybuilding and fitness was like my, my hub. And I used to always go back to that. So it became like my therapy. So I, I say I self-medicate with it because now, um, you know, if I see myself kind of like having negative thoughts, I go work out or a little bit of depression or depression and anxiety kind of run in my family. So I was also aware of that, you know, watching my family, you know, kind of, you know, be anxious and, and you know, a little bit, you know, Italian Jersey. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I use fitness as my outlet, you know, and then when I say build confidence, you know, fitness has always been my my thing to, to build my confidence over my body. You know, if I felt insecure, I was thinking about that a lot lately. If I was in high school and there was like, my friends, but if they were talking without me there, I was like a little bit like insecure walking up to them. I was wondering if they were talking about me negatively or I just, I always had like, for whatever, whatever reason, I was always like cynical about like, you know, trusting people and this sort of thing. So it, it became my confidence booster. You know, I thought if I could build myself from the inside out, then I could protect myself from, from anything coming my way, you know, it's built up, you know, throughout the years. So I hope I answered your question with that ramble right there. No, you did. Well, first of all, I have a very important, uh, Question to that question: What was the go-to Nintendo game? Um, then, honestly, it was I like Duck Hunt. Okay. And I like uh, obviously Super Mario, man. That was like that was like my shit, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and that, was, that was my stuff, man. I like to shoot shit too, so. I love it. it. That those those are both quality games. That whole Mario Brothers series was fantastic. Then Mario Kart, obviously. But one thing you touched on too is just you know almost everyone needs to find some sort of addiction, right? And, and the hope is that it's a positive one yeah. because, uh, you know, we as people just, we need that, we need something that gives us the routine and, and makes us want to wake up 
and, and uh, for the next day and keep pushing. And, uh, you know, for I know for me initially, food was kind of that addiction and fitness became the substitute. Uh, and fitness became the enabler for me in a, in a positive way that allowed me to still enjoy food but not uh, suffer the consequences of, you know, being overweight and sluggish and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's, there are these common traits among all people, uh, whether you go as far as you have with fitness or not, where fitness just unlocks the ability to make you better in every other part of your life. And uh, obviously this MTV True Story opportunity came about. Tell me how you got picked as this guy to do this and then take us through that what that was like. It must have been an insane experience having these cameras with you at all times going through the rigorous preps of a bodybuilding show where like, you know, mood swings are every couple minutes. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're deprived in almost every way. And then people are judging you based on how you're acting. Uh, take us through that whole process, man. Cool. I love, I love talking about this shit, man. It brings me back. Um, so the MTV thing was definitely a huge milestone and accomplishment in my life. And how did I get on it? it I think, I, not that I think I know. Early on, I learned that of my talents, right? And, and I was I was a personable guy, and I kind of like that was my it was my outlet was to be again physical and, and build this body and bodybuilding became something. But I just posted a little bit a couple weeks ago about uh, at age nineteen I got picked to do a Pizza Hut ad. I worked for Pizza Hut, and you know, reluctantly, my parents, my mom sent a few pictures of me to, to the Pizza Hut Corporation, and they chose me to do it. So this is before I started doing anything really significant with bodybuilding. So I was flown out to California, and I was I was I was put in this environment where I got picked up by a limo, and I and I got like car blanche, you know, into the park Hyatt, like whatever you want, Mister. They called me Mister. Minelti. It wasn't even Minetti. For some reason, they fucked up my name. So they were saying, whatever you need, Mister. Minelti, just sign your name. And I was 19. My parents actually sent my brother with me. They paid for my brother to escort me because I was a little bit, you know, they didn't trust me. Um, again, that, that's that, uh, that Italian Jersey, you know, parenting. Um, I but I love them. I love them. But anyway, my brother came out there with me, and I was I was in front of, you know, uh, this huge production company, and we were doing a pizza head. No big thing. But the experience I had when I was in front of the camera. And I was all makeup and this, that, and the other thing. And, and they were telling me to sell them this pizza, this piece of pizza, like enacted. You know, they, they were only capturing, you know, still photography, but they wanted me to be theatrical and kind of be, you know, um, you know, raised up energy-wise. And I had a great time entertaining the people around. Like, they were laughing. I was making jokes. Um, and it was just, it was super fun, the whole experience. And then I, I came back, and I was there. Like, That's cool. I kind of forgot about it, you know. But I really – there was something about living that lifestyle and being, like, an entertainer or some kind of – I don't know what, really what it was, but it, it inspired me. And then got back into bodybuilding, did some fitness modeling work with some natural bodybuilding magazines. And, it, 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 it again, those breaking points in life where you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know, college was not it. I, I went – I tried college, and that's at the same time I was in California with this Pizza Hut thing. And I, I, I love the social aspect. I love the concept of like starting something and pencils and new, new notebooks and, and books and fucking, I hated it. I, I like going, but I hated the homework. So I, I knew that that wasn't my route. And then I, I discovered that I'm, I love this and I want to do shit that makes me, makes me happy. So ironically, I was working in a steel factory making like, you know, 16, you know, something bucks an hour for that. It was pretty good money. And I'm walking, I'm walking around, working with these guys who were like 50 years old, making $18 an hour. Like there was no, it wasn't a path. So I looked at it. It was either a college, you know, get a get a career with that that involved some education, 
or, or do something on my own. My parents always said, you know, you don't have to go to college, but you have to, you have to find a, a craft and you have to like, you know, do something with your life. You can't just be a fucking, you know, you can't just go to the gym all day and do nothing, you know? So I, I love the entertainment factor. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna take a fucking ballsy move. 9-11 just happened. I was working in the steel factory. And I was like, oh, we're getting fucking attacked. Like, I'm 21 years old. Like, I don't want to fucking die without knowing that, I, you know, I at least tried to do this Hollywood thing or this this uh, this movie thing. Um, and MTV was popular with the, the uh, real world. And they were giving everyday people kind of this opportunity to be on television. This reality TV was just starting to pop up. So I quit my steel factory job and I hid out from my parents because I didn't want them to know that because they would fucking kill me. Um, so I hung out at my, parent, my brother's house and I used to pack my lunch and go to work every day like I was going to work. But I used to go, go to the beach and go to the gym and hang out at my brother's house. And in the meantime, like I was creating this kind of, this, this, this guerrilla marketing campaign, so to speak, you know, marketing. And, and again, that, that's my, my innate entrepreneur, you know, mentality. So I put together this, this kind of skit and I had, it, it developed over time. Like the one thought led to another thought, led to another thought. And it became this, you know, I was gonna roll up in front of MTV Studios in 1515 Broadway, and I was gonna roll up with a stretch limo. I was gonna get out and my, actually my photographer was gonna get out first and he was gonna take pictures. And then a videographer <laughs> was gonna come out and take pictures, you know, he was gonna film it. And then that girl I was dating at the time, she had, you know, really big boobs and a really nice body. She had this really tight shirt on. My brother came out of the limo, they all wore staff shirts. And here I come out of the limo with this skin-tight white shirt, you know, totally physical. There was nothing, I, I was trying to create this environment where I was the celebrity. And I, the, the whole goal was for MTV to look down during uh, TRL, they were still doing TRL. And I was hoping that they would give me like, just fucking 30 seconds of that fucking, <laughs> of that. And just, just something, just open the door, you know, ask me who the fuck I am, just give me some time, just give me an opportunity to, to be this person. Long story short, MTV, here's the irony of it. Here's the, uh, the fucking, you know, the, the storyline that goes down. MTV didn't go live that day, so I had everything packed. I had my money saved. I had no, no job. I roll up with this crew, and MTV's not live. So we just drove around New York City because I paid the limo guy. So we drove around New York City, and I handed out T-shirts, and I handed out water bottles, and I did this whole, like, fucking PR thing. And I ended up going on in uh, Rockefeller Center, I started taking, you know, uh, some photos, bodybuilding photos, and then like within, uh, I don't know exact time frame, but like five to ten minutes, there was like, I don't know, good seventy-five to hundred people surrounding me in a circle, waiting for me to do something. BJ, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I started dancing. I started singing. I had no idea what to do, man. <laughs> so the, the video guy actually zoomed up and he's he's zooming in. This is this is Rockefeller Center, NBC Studios. There's people smashed up against the window, like looking down to figure out what the fuck was going on down there. So I created this kind of buzz thing. Long story short, nothing happened that day, but I bootlegged kind of two VCRs together and I dubbed like copies of this, this audition tape of me going in front of New York City and in front of MTV. So I made like, I don't know, five to 10 of them and I kept just firing them to MTV. And just, you know, a new, a new email every week and a new video every week. And I just kept hounding them and hounding them. And then a year later, almost to date, I get a call from Pat Lope MTV producer, and he's like, you know, we're doing this thing. The original name was True Life, I'm a Bodybuilder. And I said, that's me, dude, you have to pick me, I'm the guy. So they actually changed the name to I Want the Perfect Body, which was the, this was the, the current name of it. But long story short, they, they filmed me for three months and they documented me. And now I got on, but I had nothing, nothing, nothing to do. Same thing like did Rockefeller Center, I had nothing to do. So I said, 
I'm going to train for a competition. That's what I do best, right? This is me. So obviously I planned the competition out and I planned the photo shoot out. So I kind of made a storyline of, of what was going on. Um, and I ended up taking third, which is kind of a cool storyline because I came back five years later and won that competition and got my pro card. Um, but anyway, um, that's how I got on. I hope I'm not talking too much, brother. I don't know how much time you allotted for this, but I like to talk. No, no, no. That, that's dude, that's All amazing. Right. It's, it's one of those things, too. Like, <clears throat> there, there are just certain opportunities that come to people that are willing. Like, who else is willing to do that? Like, get a limo, show up with a tight white shirt. <laughs> <laughs> a, a photographer. I mean, so obviously th there's just a certain level that you're willing to go to, uh, to get what you want. And when you are that type of tenacious person, it might not happen that day or that week or that month, or, you know, it took a year to get noticed. It might not have never, uh, ever happened, but you're putting yourself out there enough times in these uncomfortable situations. Eventually, you know, I, I always like to say at some point you're the only person left in the room. If you keep showing up. And uh, so you got this opportunity. And just to, for those that may have not been familiar with MTV True Life, like there were a bunch of uh, really compelling storylines. I, I never forget because, as you know, a member of Team Highcast, the dude that got the calf implants. <laughs> they, they, I, I, they asked me, and people see me now, they're like, you were on MTV. I'm like, yeah, but did you get those fucking calves? I'm like, no, that wasn't me. I'm the wrong guy. I'm the say is, but look, these, these, do these not look natural to you? Um, but uh, I was actually thinking about going that route a couple years ago. I'm glad I didn't. No, um, but it, that, that is like one of the more memorable episodes. What other episodes were, uh, yours was super memorable, but what other ones uh, were kind of iconic from that series? I'm trying to remember here. Um, they stemmed the, the Jersey Shore off that one guy, True Life, I'm a clubber or something like that. He went down oh, to the Jersey Shore. Okay. And he filmed the, um, you know, his club life for the summer sort of thing. Um, what else was that? That one guy was a fucking maniac. He got, was getting married to his, his, his girl. Um, him and his girl were getting married. This is morning up. The limo guy didn't show up and he's running down the street in the tux and he was furious. I don't know if you saw that. I'm True Life, I'm getting married or something like that. So yeah, they had, they had all these like crazy storylines and yeah. obviously the whole thing is they're trying, uh, they're trying to make entertainment, right? right? So in a lot of ways, uh, we don't know exactly what's going down. You're only, even though they're with you at all times, it's edited and you're only seeing a glimpse of everything that took place. And once the, these editors, like you film this, once these editors start piecing things together and like, okay, this is what we want to make him look, exactly. look like, uh, they right. run with that. So take us through what it was like filming it and then... Uh, whatever you're comfortable saying about how that finished product turned out based on everything you shot. I'll be completely honest with you. I, I was very happy with, with how it, how it portrayed me. I mean, the guy, Pat Lope was his amazing producer and he told me straight up, he's like, whatever you do, I'm going to do. And whatever you're not comfortable with, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do. And I was like, dude, I, I'll do anything. I, I don't, this is me. There's only one of me, you know, it's, it's whatever it is, it is. Um, and I actually said, you know, I laid out the whole week of, of, of filming and what we were going to do the final week. And I was like, you know, one day on Thursday, I was like, I was mapping it out in my head. I was like, all right, well, Thursday, my, you know, I'm shaving. Um, a Thursday night, my dad's going to shave my ass. And he was like, wait, wait what? What did you say? <laughs> and I, said, well, I remember I, that. I can't, I can't get all around. So my dad, you know, helps me out, you know, with, 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 with shaving back there. He's like, I fucking must be there for that. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And again, I was very happy. He was, he was very super cool. Um, I didn't feel like I had to do something or say something. I was just, I was me the whole time. And at the end of it, 
I was happy with the final product. I think it, he portrayed me as, you know, as a very serious, you know, bodybuilder who, who was, you know, entertaining too. I mean, I said some, you know, I did some crazy shit and I was very egotistical and I was very, you know, um, I'm not egotistical. I mean, I don't know what the word is, but it may have come across arrogant, but the people who really know me, they're like, Manetti, I fucking love you, but you're fucking crazy, you know, but, but that's it. So the people who didn't know me, they may have looked at it like I was an egotistical, you know, arrogant meathead. Um, but again, I, I, I was happy with, with, with what he, he, the story he told through the, through the lens and, uh, yeah, I, I was very pleased with it. It, was, it went well. And, you know, everybody obviously is going to have a different opinion on how it came out. From my standpoint, man, you came off as a guy with a big heart, incredible discipline, uh, a really good family environment. And, and again, I mentioned this when I did the podcast with you. One of the biggest things that uh, stuck with me as someone who was, you know, I, I had lost a lot of the initial weight, but I, I was starting that fight in my 20s of finding the ability to stay lean and not just bulk and cut the way that, you know, it was classically done, traditionally done. And the way that you had, like, the special cake that was waiting for you the day after your the competition, and you had, like, a slice, and you got right back on track uh, versus, you know, I remember the one time that first natural uh, amateur bodybuilding show I did, I gained 35 pounds in five days after the show. I mean, like, literally gone, went from, like, the best shape of my life to in worse shape than I was before that 16-week cut and, uh, and I was inspired by the fact that you have the, the, the discipline just to have a piece of cake and not get the whole thing. So, well, uh, I, I, BJ, I don't want to cut you off, and I, I hate to disrupt your 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 your, uh, your your vision of me of being this super ultra disciplined guy. But I went fucking apeshit after that too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So so after that cake was cool because then I had the photo shoot. If you saw the video, or the full version, you know, at the end of it, I did a photo shoot a couple weeks later, so I had to stay lean. But yeah, I've had my I've had my roller coaster diet, man. I've been 260 before, and I had a really bad rebound. Uh, my first couple shows, I you know I just I lacked discipline. As I've gotten older, I realized that I would rather just kind of you know get in shape and stay in shape rather than get in shape every six months. Um, so that that it came with maturity. But I, I've definitely gone you know crazy to the point where I was like my feet up, and I felt like I was gonna you know explode explode and throw up and you know and shit my pants at the same time because I was so stuck with food. And again, I'm not sure, I like to dissect what exactly causes that, because that's what we do at, We do in the studio. We, we teach people to not do that, right? So I, I dissect it from my own personal experience. And it was probably like a little bit of like this, this buildup, this buildup, this buildup for months and months and months. You're training for something. This is like your end all. This is it. And regardless of how you place, that next day you have like this empty feeling. Like, okay, now what? You know what? You know, because I live for that. I live for that. Like the competition's cool. Don't get me wrong. I love being up there. And I love displaying my physique, and I love entertaining with posing routines, and I, I love that. It, it's it's really it's 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 cool to see your body transform. But at the end of the day, I live for that 4:30 in the morning workout, that 6 o'clock in the morning breakfast, that 9 p.m. you know you know last meal of the day, and a good night's sleep, gallon of water, and that clean kind of structured discipline. You know, process is what I crave because that's what that goes back to my earlier years. That's what took me out of you know the craziness of the world and kind of put me center lane and had me focused. So I crave that. So after the competition, you don't really have a plan for the next competition or what am I doing the day after? Like we teach the competitors we work with now, like okay, cool, April 11th is your day, awesome. We're gonna have fun. You're gonna have a good meal. But what are you doing April 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th? Let's map out a plan for that and kind of pre-pave and set, this, set the tone and plant those seeds so you don't have that crazy rebound because 
it's it's not good for your body. It's not healthy. Like you said, you're in the best shape of your life, and then you go to being you know borderline diabetic in 24 hours. Man, it's like you can't you can't do that. You know? No, actually, I had a. I share this story whenever that comes up, but on another instance, uh, I, I was my wife and I went to Chicago right after a show, and we went to get Chicago deep dish pizza. Then we went to get uh, like chocolate from Giardelli and then ice cream, and we were going to go to Shedd Aquarium. And I'm on this trolley over, and I start getting like like oozy. Like, I've never drank before in my life, but I feel drunk. And I basically had like this diabetic coma where I had to sleep on the bench as my wife, she, she's like, you know what? I'm going to let you sleep like a homeless guy in the streets. And she went and did the whole tour. Uh, but here's the thing, like people want to skip these steps. And as traumatic as they can be, like the amount you can learn uh, during from the, and like, first of all, we're having, we're laughing about it now. Like they're great stories, right? Great memories. And you build upon them, but uh, you've got to suck at something for a while if you want to be great at it. And, uh, you know, people want to, they want to become Instagram stars. And, you know, you, people say, how do you get a big follow on Instagram? It's like, well, you have to say, okay, I'm going to post something of quality to people every single day for the next five years. And then I'm still probably not going to have as much as all the other people out there that everybody knows. But I'm willing to do it because that's what it takes. And I might suck in the beginning, but and I might get some insults and criticism but I'm going to learn along the way and literally, really figure out what these people want for me to help them. And uh, it's the same thing, fitness, your profession, whatever. You want to put in the time, you want to put in five to ten years plus to be good at something. Very few people are willing to do that. Um, so you, you learn these lessons. So you were a competitive bodybuilder. Uh, you ended up getting your pro card. Uh, take me through, like, what was your, your regimen? Like, what type of style? Were you more of a high-volume guy? Like body parts split guy, were you a six to eight meal guy? Take us through that, because I also want to touch on how that's evolved as, you know, now you're, you're more focused on your business and being an entrepreneur and your gym and your clients. Uh, I want to hear that evolution. Cool, so again, when, when trying to figure out who I am and what I, want, what I want to do and what my message is, I, I relate it back to, you know, my, my training. And this guy, Nick, I'm going to give him a huge shout out, my, Nick DePalma, he's, he's been like my older brother and he kind of, you know, adopted me at, at age 18. I was like a little pest in the gym. Like if you worked out and you had big calves, you had big quads, or I was asking you questions and I was like a little, I was a pain in the ass, you know, and like either, you know, squeaky wheel gets oiled. So either they were going to fucking tell me to leave the gym or they were going to recruit me and, 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 and help me. So this guy, Nick, you know, very grateful for that, took me under his wing and he actually steered me away from steroids at an early age, which I'm very grateful for. But he, he, all of our training modalities, um, it always came down to the, the three principles, right? That, that I, I do now in the studio and, and you know, I, I preach. It's, it's, a, it's a strength day, it's a hypertrophy day, and it's a conditioning day. And we always have revolving weeks. Um, so a strength week, we, we would do, you know, maybe a five by five or maybe a Dorian Nate style where it was heavy duty with like a series of like rest pauses, maybe one or two extras per body, exercises per body part, but like nosebleed, fucking balls, shake your pants, kind of heavy. Um, and then we would, you know, do cardio or do like abs or some accessory work. And then the, the, the second week was more hypertrophy, you know, maybe more, you know, accessory work first, like a pre-exhaust and move into like more higher volume, anywhere from 12 to like 20. And then conditioning week would be supersets. And we just always had this, and every, everything we did, let's go on a strength program for six weeks. Let's go on this program. Whatever we did, we always came back to our favorite program being the revolving four-on-one-off. No matter what day of the week it was, it just kind of, it, it revolved into this, you know, um, style of training. So, wait, I, so I, four, four days of, 
four days of intensity and then one day you're, you're talking about like through each is that the cycle the rotation yeah like off in the gym so we would change up the body part split right so we would do either uh two on one of my favorites is two on one off two on two off that was like our, our routine um and then he had a family so if he had to work or he had something like that we'd always make it work within that those, those time those those um those time blocks so to speak or those days of the week but if we train Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, and, and every week it would kind of rotate. So we always had like some weeks for four, some weeks for five days. So it just kind of like the way it circulated, it, it made sense. Um, it was always fresh. It was always something different. But we stick to the basics. Like we never really like he was a it was an older guy. He was an old school bro. Like but he was he was he was you know ahead of his time because he he taught me a lot of things about nutrition. That my first competition was like chicken and, and baked potato every three hours for you know fucking twelve weeks. I lost fifty five pounds in twelve weeks fucking miserable i hated my life i met nick and he introduced me like dude have a fucking yogurt replace an apple with a baked potato like he taught me these little things that like made like it made more sustainable um but again our exercises were were pretty basic man and, and if i would bring something like magazines or something i would have a clip out a clip out for the magazine nick what do you think of this ah, i fucking talk bullshit or we would try a little bit of it but there was it was like basic stuff that we, we stuck to you know and and how it's evolved now is like People want to do things differently every fucking day. They want to, you know, they, they, they don't want to stick to a plan. They don't want to, like, there's certain exercises, certain workouts that I still do to this day. And maybe I'm okay with it because I'm okay with it, but people get bored. Um, but basic shit, man. You know, you don't overcomplicate this. You know, just, it's not that complicated. I'm not sure if I answered your question or not. But No, no you did. I mean, I, I think uh, it's an interesting approach. Uh, it's basically a three-week your favorite one was a three-week cycle where one week was a strength focus and you go to a muscle building focus, hypertrophy, and then a conditioning focus in the third week. And you would just rotate like that three-week rotation nonstop. Right. So now it, it's – and that's been a staple. So in the studio, we have a four-week kind of block. First week of strength week. Is there's always a mobility. There's always a warm-up. There's always some kind of work period. And then there's always a finisher. Because I believe you should do at least 15 minutes of cardio every day. That's just what I believe. So – that work period on strength week is designated to maybe one or two exercises, maybe a deadlift. And that 20, that 20 minute window is dedicated to deadlifts or, or squats or the six major, you know, the squat, deadlift, push press or overhead press, bench press, bench over roll and pull. Those are the six throughout the week during that, during that, that 20 minute work period. And then the second week of the month is hypertrophy. We do more, more supersetting, more, um, more muscle kind of grouping for throughout the week, again, throughout that, that 20 minute time block, but everything else kind of stays the same. Third week, more conditioning, more, more high intensity, more, more, um, more EMOMs, more, more Tabatas, more stuff like that throughout the whole workout. Um, and then the fourth week of the month is, is transition where we, we work on skills and then we kind of keep this revolving block. Um, and that's like, that's a good, I think for small group training members, for the general pop, um, that's a amazing even you, you can you can live in there because you can always modify the workouts by going heavier or increasing you know a variable to make it you know suited for your fitness level so people just live in that, in that kind of small group training world and for bodybuilders i created more of a that would be considered amp phase one and then a phase two would be you'd be doing those same principles the strength hypertrophy conditioning throughout the week so then you have like the first one throughout the month then the second one's throughout the week, a little bit more advanced. Then you're doing upper body, lower body kind of strength, hypertrophy, you know, flip-flop days. And then um, phase three of AMP would be you do those three principles, those three principles, excuse me, throughout the same day. Again, so there's kind of like this tier system where it's every week, every, I'm sorry, every month, every week, and then every day. 
So it's a progression based upon the, the member and, and their fitness level. So it's, it's a nice kind of, again, still the same principles. I just, I just changed where you put them and how you, how you distribute them throughout the week. You know, does that make sense? It does, yeah. And, and we're talking probably what, like in your bodybuilding days, like competitive, you're training an hour or two a day. Is that fair to say? Like you're doing maybe some cardio in the morning still and some high-intensity stuff in the afternoon? Yeah, well, when I, originally, I didn't want to do two a days. And even then, it's like, dude, you don't have to do fucking two a days. Just get it all done in one time block. If we're, if, if our 45 minutes to an hour is intense enough, yeah. you don't need much. And then you can do maybe 20 or 30 minutes post-cardio, like, you know, steady state. And then an hour and a half time block, it was fine for me. Again, I was, you know, 21 years old, 19 years old. It was fine. Um, and it worked. And I never wanted to make double sessions. When I moved into the city and I had this, you know, uh, full-time personal training career, I had like time blocks, you know, so I had like missing gaps. So I would do double sessions because, you know, I wasn't going to commute back to Jersey. I would just stay in, in, the, in the city and stay in the gym, do like a, a fasted cardio in the morning and then do my clients and then maybe take a nap and then work out two or three o'clock in the afternoon with some muscle grouping um, and then be done for the day. So it's, it's again, depending on my schedule and, and, and what worked at the time, you know. Absolutely. And uh, now, uh, you, you mentioned when we were on the podcast and I was on your podcast, how some of your workouts now are only 15 minutes. And so talk to me about, and you're obviously still in incredible shape. How has the training evolved? Obviously what you were doing was super effective. You look like you were in incredible shape, um, super developed, super conditioned. But I think part of the cool thing about fitness is as you get smarter with training and also knowing what your body responds to best and what it doesn't respond to very well, you can start to fine tune things and even get more effective results in less time. And it's almost funny in the sense that the better shape you get in, the, the shorter the workouts can be to get the effect you're looking for. It's, it, that's not the case when you're just starting because you can't train intensely enough to get that effect. But talk to us about that evolution, how you train now. Wow, great points right there, man. First of all, thank you for that, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, my time is, is limited now, I guess, but I own a gym so I can train any time of day or night. You know, the thing is I don't want to be doing it, and it's, it's just you don't, you don't need it. Um, the Metcon down here, uh, BJ Gador, I don't know who that guy was on Instagram, gave you that name, but I'm like, that's brilliant because you, these little Metcons, you, you still get the pump and you still get you know, the cardio, and, and they're just enough for what I need right now. And, and going back to what you said a little bit about um, you can't get that when you're in the beginning stages. Those those years you, you can't take back, and, and you can't skip. You know years. That's one thing with, with this sport and fitness. You can't skip to a higher level without actually going through the process. And some people don't want to do that. Um, but uh, in the beginning, I was just having a discussion with um, a young young, young uh, up and coming you know uh, online you know uh, fitness guy, uh, Chris Barrett. He helped me with my prep last year. He was he was saying that you need. Um, more, more, less time in the beginning because um, anything is going to work, and, and then as you get, as you go, you know, through the through the stages, you need more and more volume. And I, was, I, I agree with that sort of. I see where he's coming from, but I disagree. I think you need more in the beginning because you don't have that mind muscle connection in the beginning. You don't know the true meaning of intensity. You don't know what really true twelve reps are like. When you're doing 12 reps, there's a good chance you can do 13, 14 reps. Like when you pick a weight that you're barely getting 12 reps, that's, that's intensity and, or really cutting down on your rest period and lear learning all that, you need that extra time in the beginning. And then as you, as you put your time in, it's like anything else. You, you can just get away with a 10 minute workout here and there, you know, keep your diet clean and still keep a lean physique, you know, but it's, 
I, I tell people in the studio, I'm like, just fucking 10 to 15 minutes a day. That's all you need. It's consistently. It's 27 years of doing 10 to 15 minutes a day. You know, you can't just do that if you're looking to make a huge transformation and lose 100 pounds. I mean, you, you have to put the time in. I'm not saying an hour and a half, but you have to put more time than that into the whole process. So it kind of evolves with you, you know, but you need that. You need those years behind you to actually have it make sense. You know, I mean, you're still young, you're 34, but I'm hitting, it sounds weird to say, but I'll be 40. And I see a lot of, you know, 40 year olds in the same mindset. It's like, dude, I want to get a quick workout. I want to get, want to get moving. I want to, you know, stay lean. But the thing is, you know, they, they haven't been doing it for 27 years to, to have that, you know, that same effect. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. But what does a 15 minute workout, a typical one look like for you? Take us through start to finish. Uh, what an Anthony Manetti 15 minute workout looks like 15 minutes it's funny you say that because today i had a 5 30 a.m class and i got there about 4 45 and i had like literally 20 minutes to work out so i did a little bit of ankle mobility um i was thinking of you this morning man what did i do that you recommended um your spider workout i'm like i don't know if i can i, don't, I couldn't remember it and i had to do it on the fly oh the spider so, shredder yeah <laughs> yeah I did, I did i did what is the one you're in a high plank you just you bring one leg to one leg uh spider so, climber Spider climb. So I did um, 20 each side of that, and then I did 20 each side uh, split squat jumps, and then I did two Turkish get-ups each side, and then I did five pull-ups. That was literally my routine. I did two lower, two upper, and that was it. I did 15 minutes, as many rounds as possible, and that was it. I had a start of my day. I had a you know, good little you know, sweat going on. I felt good. I was moving. Um, and like you said earlier in the podcast we did, um, pull-ups are still a strength training exercise if, if you're 215 pounds, you know? So I got five, you know, strict pull-ups. I mean, core engaged the whole bit. I was happy with that, you know? Um, and the Turkish get-ups are just an all-around great exercise, especially if you're, you're pressed for time. You know, you got your core, you got shoulder mobility in there, you got a little bit of leg. So that was it, man. That was, that was it. And that, that's a touch on for those listening to you. That's a classic density session. Whenever I feel I'm, I'm not like I'm mentally fried or, or short on time, I don't want to go through the uh, an extended warm up protocol, or I don't have it in me to really push close to failure in a training set. I'll go with that density protocol, where basically you do these sub maximal sub maximal sets. So if you can do something for ten reps, you would do let's say sets of five with that, but you pair it up with something else or a group of movements, and you go nonstop on those movements uh, for time. You end up getting. Uh, a similar amount of training volume, oftentimes more than you would if you were doing classic, you know, sets to failure or close to failure. Uh, but you also get like a great cardio response. Like the session is done so fast because you're constantly moving uh, from one move to the next. Um, so th- again, that's a great way to like d- during the launch week when I just launched a daily BJ, uh, I incorporated a couple density sessions that week because I just I didn't have it in me to take a 12 rep load and push it to the limit, but I could have done a lot of sets of six. With that same load and so that just to mention for those listening that these are the protocols you start to use when you get experience so you don't miss workouts is that all is that your whole week now you said you're with the daily bj launching you're, you're kind of pressed for time and you're still getting workouts and is that pretty much how you've been you've been training well that, that was just like one one day in particular uh i think the launch day i just had to get some upper, upper body work in so i did a, a classic uh Five pull-ups, five dips, five push-ups, as many times as I could in uh, 15 minutes. Um, and it was a great session, man. You know, and what was it, my best workout ever? No, but it allowed me to just get what I needed to get in. And uh, mentally, that's all I had that day. Yep, that's awesome, dude. I love it. And I, 
I like those little mini workouts, man. I, I really do. Because I used to get, I used to get dread, dreadful. I'm like, fuck, it's legs, man. And I know, like, <laughs> fucking leg session, dude, you know, 25 minutes to warm up, mobility, cardio, get the, get the body warmed up, and then, like, fucking 10 sets of squats, and, then, like, fucking 15 sets of leg press. Like, it was just marathon session. I would always feel great, and I like the results, but... I get a little dreadful in those workouts. Now, with something like this, like I did this morning, I had plyo in there. I had a little bit of power with the, with the split squat jumps. Um, and even the, the spider, spider, what did you call them? Spider climbers? Spider climbers, yeah. Did you make that shit up? Or did you, is that like a... Oh, that's been around. Like, no movements have been made up, really. People might say they have. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, that, that's one that I... It's always great to... It's a great built-in warm-up move because it gets the core of the shoulders, opens up yeah. the hips... Um, people love that move. People love anything in a court plank position. Um, yeah. So tell me about the the bot. It's bod heat, right? Well, it's if you were to say it in Indian, you know, kind of like Sankrist, it's it means uh, it says bodhi or bodhi. Okay. Um, I like I like to play on words, so I, we say body um, because yeah, I'm, I'm a branding guy and I, and I want to build the Anthony brand, so. It's, it's kind of like a, a sleek way of, of putting it out there and, and it means enlightenment and that's the whole it's the whole message that you know our message and what we do at the studio is it's kind of like lead you to the path toward enlightenment and I, and I would say that we're not Buddhist by any means or we're not perfect um, but we just kind of you know help you out with, with your with your journey and your path and that's yeah it's cool and that, that's the passion and main focus right now with the project my life podcast as well. Yeah, well, it, it, here's the thing. Like, I've always, if you walk in body, you're never gonna, you, you don't get the feel of like bodybuilding kind of like neat head. And my thing was always like, I had that kind of like persona as being this guy. So I didn't want to, that's like 3% of, of the universe, right? But the, the, the global, the majority or general population, people who want to get fit and they want to look good and they want to take it to, you know, take their fitness to the next level or get healthy. So I didn't want to use, you know, my meathead status as a, as a branding tool. So I wanted to create something different. Um, so, yeah. Did, did I answer your question? What was your question? I'm sorry. Man. Well, no, it's all good, man. The, the main focus right now is the podcast in your gym. And, right. and, and now really... So the podcast, the podcast is more of a personality thing. And, I, and that's something that, you know, it was hard for me to kind of, you know, separate the two. Um, but yeah, Project My Life, it's still in the same umbrella where it's about people inspiring people. Um, but the, the podcast, which I love, gives me the opportunity to, to interview people like yourself and talk to people who have gone through it and, and share that reports of you know their their stories as inspiration for the people who are struggling, you know, or, or just want to get started. So it's all under the, the Project My Life kind of kind of umbrella. So I, w- I want to fast forward a, a bit to the True Life coming out and then getting the reactions from people. And you, you had mentioned something that I, I just. It really it hit me uh, a type of way because uh, you said you kind of reverted into yourself and got really cynical and uh, obviously as someone we both have been public figures in a sense and you get a lot of a lot of good people out there but also a lot of hate comes your way and it can make you become very cynical almost hateful and reclusive and um, take me through that man like I, I'm so glad you found your way back uh, into the spotlight but you said for a period of time you kind of just you just kind of went back inside and, and started to kind of hate people. Yeah, I, I did. And thinking about it now, 
I, I think a lot of it was self-inflicted. I, there was some negative shit out there, like on bodybuilding.com, they had, you know, threads. and I made reference, and, and you talked about it in our podcast, and I, I keep on referring to that, but you, you mentioned, like, uh, you know, about the BJ jokes, and how many times have you heard it before? So I'm just going to put myself out there, kind of like Eminem did. So I made reference to a few things um, on the MTV thing, on uh, the episode, like my nose and, 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 and back back talk from like modeling agencies telling me that like I had imperfections and I would never do uh, modeling or television, this sort of thing. So um, I put myself out there and then I, I read it on bodybuilding.com and people just like, just, just being fucking trolls and just being negative. Um, and it, it did, it affected me, but I think a lot of it was the, the self-defeat uh, or the, I just talked about it, I just did a little message uh, earlier about self-sabotage. I don't know if I was afraid of success, I was afraid of the next step, I was afraid of what? Um, but I, I, I found reasons to not pursue, you know, my next step, and I, 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 I kind of self-sabotage myself. Um, so the outside stuff, I mean, uh, when, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm fully aware, which is what I try to work on, I'm like, dude, that's fucking bullshit, right? It's all bullshit. You just do you, you know, and, and, and connect with people, you know, who are given a positive message, create your inner circle, and create a support team that people either inspire me, motivate me, or get the fuck out of my way. And that's kind of like the, the message. So I built, again, this shell. And again, I always went back to fitness and I always made that like my confidence booster. It's like, no, this is who you are. Just, you know, stay positive and, and don't let that shit affect you. And now it comes up as a 40 year old. I'm like, what the fuck ever, man? I mean, I, I, I my, my wife, you know, my, my parents, they're great. I'm still grateful that they're alive. My, my brother, my nieces, my, my great niece, and my inner circle of friends are people that I really give a shit about. And people like yourself that I'm meeting now at an earlier age are people that I care about. You know, what you say about me, it, I'm going to I'm gonna care about. Because I think that, you know, I, I appreciate and I value your opinion. But the other people who don't give a fuck, and I just, whatever. You know, and that's, you know, people let that bother them for, for um, lifetime. And they never really get, you know, past it, you know, and again, like you and me, I, I use fitness, you know, and I use the outlet like that. So, And there was probably like the hangover of, you know, you do this MTV show that so many people are going to see and you think you're probably going to become like The Rock, this global superstar. Uh, and I, I look at all the things like my wife and I joke, there was like a period of time for like every year we'd say like 2008 is going to be our year. Like we're going to blow up this year. And then it's 2009. Like, oh, it's. And then we'd say it in 2009, and, and like I think around 2012, we're like, let's just shut the fuck up and not say anything, because it's never, it's never gonna be. Some people have that year, right? This breakout year, but usually that breakout year is uh, built in the back of 10 to 20 years of just grinding. Um, exactly. And in most cases, you're probably luckier if it is a slow, sustained growth, and you never are in a situation where it's too much, too soon, because that's basically kind of what happened. Is no one knew who you were, and then all of a sudden you were this guy whose ass is getting shaved on television <laughs> and you know, it, it, it might've been too much too soon uh, for, for you to even blow up more than you did. So it, it might've been a blessing. 100% man. I, I, I totally agree with that. And again, going back to my true core values, I, it's, it's on our wall in the studio. It's discipline, structure, and integrity. And then on the other wall, I have believe in yourself, trust the process and practice patience. And those three things are what I try to teach people. But when I relate it to my own personal story, I want it now. I want it now. I should be higher. I'm always comparing myself. Um, but my, uh, I'm in a different chapter than you are, you know. And I'm in a different different spot in life. And, and that don't compare yourself. And just do you. Just put one step in front of the other and just make progress. Um, but yeah, I, I did think it was going to happen overnight. And I thought that it may have been a little bit too much. Um, Again, I had at one time during the MTV. MTV was there, and I had two two videographers 
they were doing this uh, workout video, you know, with me that I was doing a photo shoot for the, the, the week after the, the show ended. Um, so I had like this kind of like super, you know, like this world around me that I, I wanted. But then when it was there, I was like, fuck, there was a lot of pressure I put on myself, you know? Um, and when you, where do you take that? Like, where, where do you go with that? Like, I mean, that's kind of like, I don't know. I didn't know where to take it. So, again, it put me in a, a little bit of a shell and, and uh, made me feel defeated in a way, even though that was a huge accomplishment, you know? Um, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Oh, no one can ever take it away from you, man. It's opened up doors, I'm sure, moving forward. And you are where you are today, and I'm excited to hear... Uh, it really sounds like you've, you've kind of recommitted and rediscovered your passion for fitness. And, you know, again, we, a lot of us, it's, it's hard, especially if you are like, you know, balls deep in bodybuilding, because it is all about you. It's an individual. It's like a gymnast. Like they're, they're on a team, but it's individual. It's like, you know, a, a sprinter in track. It's hard not to become self-obsessed because it's just you out there. There's nobody else to help help you and people that are on the outside looking in, they not understand that. But then when you uh, meet someone like you and you see the passion to help others, um, you realize it's, it's, this isn't a selfish person. This is just a person that's willing to be super committed. And, and the lessons that he's learned through this process can help almost anyone achieve what they want. Because how many people want to get to that level where they can step on stage and see striations in their glutes? I mean, if you can do that, you can you can help someone do anything, which is the unique position you're now in to help others. And so I'm excited for you, man. I appreciate that, man. Just just touching upon that real quick. It's it's um it's it's definitely a process. But when I Jay Z said, I'll quote Jay Z: "I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man." Right. So and I, and I at an early age, I'm like, well, this is. If I don't have a college education to present to somebody and show them that I'm qualified, my biggest qualification is my body and my personality. So you have to be this extroverted person, and you have to market that. And that's that's my biggest quality is, is the fact that I love storytelling, I love talking, I love creating stuff. You know, behind the lens, in front of the lens, I love the whole process of it. And you have to put yourself in the center and to be branded and to be like again, take it to the next level. Um, in the beginning, it was all about, it was filling my, my ego. And I was like, I wanted this, this kind of like, I wanted to live the Hollywood lifestyle. Um, and then as I got older, it's like, damn, I could really use that, you know, to help people. And then it became, then I became, you know, I was always, even as a 19 year old, I was, I was a personal trainer. And I love like taking somebody, you know, through the gym and showing them workouts. I loved, you know, kind of inspiring them. I always be like the cheerleader for all my friends. Um, but then when you, you mesh the two together, it gets a little, it's a mind fuck because now you're like, fuck, you know, you know, I have to take my shirt off because that's my, that's every fucking Instagram guy who's doing well, 90% of their, their, their story is them with their shirt off working out. And that, that's not a bad thing. Um, if you're walking around saying I'm better than you, like Lobo Jam, because you, you're fat and I'm fucking in shape. That's a whole different story. That's a negative kind of message, but you're looking at like, no, you can attain this too, but when you're going through it, you have to be so self-absorbed and really compartmentalized and look at yourself as like this separate kind of business. And it's more about like the Antimonetic brand. What's the Antimonetic brand doing? And I love Gary Vee because he talks about it. He's like, he talks about him being egotistical and he talks about like personal branding and what you have to do to get yourself out there. If I want to do, if I want to be a television host, if I want to be a, a professional podcaster or have my own radio show and make something out of that like next level, like like podcasting cool iTunes is cool but like fucking next level you have to be out there more and it does get a little tricky with, with the ego and, and, and you know then you get like and again I think it's a lot self-inflicted but 
people looking at, uh, maybe I'm thinking about what they're thinking. Like, are they thinking that I'm, I'm just all about my abs? And are they thinking that, you know, I just want to push, you know, you know, get some likes because I have my shirt off? Are they thinking that? But then you getting back to what we talked about earlier, like not giving a fuck. Like, no, this is my body. I'm proud of it. You can do it too. Just stop being a little fucking bitch. Stop hating and stop trolling and fucking do some shit and inspire somebody else. And that's kind of like, you know, spreading the, the positive karma vibe. You know, it, look, dude, ultimately it's, there's a way to play any game, right? Um, it's pretty hard to build a fitness following without showing a physique, but you can still stay true to the message and, and the brand uh, and not just post useless selfies, but actually give people stuff that can make them better. Um, and then still package in the way that people expect you to play the game uh, within, within your own standards, right? So that's what it's all about. I think a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not willing to, to do that. But like, if you're not willing to play the game, then don't get pissed about the people that, that are and are having success with it. Um, and you have to be willing to do some things you don't want to do. And honestly, I, I know people won't believe me when I say this, but I still am a fat guy. I'm just, I work out and I eat right. So you can't tell, but it's still on the inside. I don't like taking my shirt off. It's my least favorite thing to do. If I could never take it off again and, and get the reach I would like to have, I probably would do it. And there will become a point, man, probably in the, in the, just in the near future where no one's going to want to see that anyway anymore, right? Uh, there, there's an expiration date. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I always joke with, like, uh, a buddy of mine, Jeremy Scott, who I, I, I know you know. Um, you know, like, savor the flavor. There's going to be a time where no one's going to want to see us w with our shirt off. And, uh, and, and that's why you develop yourself, right? You can't just be one-dimensional and you, you do podcasts, you write, you... Uh, you market, you, you do branding, you, you do continuing education, you diversify yourself. You, you, you're familiar with politics and because, again, this life, uh, we're going to live several lives in one lifetime uh, if you do it right. And uh, there's evolution and transitions. And but uh, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, man. Where, where can we uh, where can the people listening find out more about you and follow you? Cool. I'll, I'll say that in a second. If you guys just want to touch upon what you just said real quick for a second. Um, we talked about it earlier. I was that guy who hated on people who had their shirt off, you know, for a couple of years after the the Instagram thing or after the the MTV thing, because they were doing something that I wanted to do. And and why are they? Why are they? You know, why do they have two hundred fucking thousand followers? You know, why do? What are what are they doing? Why are they selling programs? Why can I fuck that? They're already doing it. Fuck it. So I used to go and not do something that made me happy, not be me, because. I let that affect me, and that's another thing that, that, that stops people is because they see other people doing it, and they kind of like, you know, they hate on them instead of saying, fuck it, I can do it, be it and find that inspiration from there. So that's part of the storyline before is I used to hate on people who did it. Now I'm fucking one of those douchebags doing it. Um, <laughs> anyway, you, 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 can, you can catch up with me. I'm trying to develop this, pro I'm trying to develop this program that's the, the amped kind of university and have these... Um, well, I want to talk to you about it. We can talk off the record or whatever. But um, I like the I like the online website. I do like it. Um, but I'm trying to build like this this kind of program that I can just package and sell and maybe offer some some support along the way. But um, AnthonyMinetti.com, M-O-N-E-T-T-I.com, and sign up and just drop your name and email a little opt-in box there, and I'll get you some information on that. Um, and of course, I'm trying to build my my social media following. I, I'm on Instagram, kind of. You know, tooling around. I try to do the one a day, like you, man. But it's a fucking—it's a process, dude. It's a commitment. I'm working hard on it. I'm working hard on it. Um, but it's Anthony Minetti on Instagram. 
Please follow him. He's a, he's a good dude, man. You've done a lot of great things, and I appreciate you sharing your story. It is very inspirational, and uh, and you've had impact, man. Again, like I I uh, I remembered you almost instantly when uh, the connection made about True Life, and you know, like man, it just it's it's amazing to connect with people that I, I had no idea when I was watching that show that at some point in the future I would be on your podcast and then you'd be on mine. But awesome. that's, that's the way this world works, and uh, I'm very grateful, man. Keep doing your thing. Uh, I look forward to doing more cool stuff with you in the future, and uh, thanks for your time, man. Thank you very much. Let's connect. Let's, let's make some media or make something, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Let's stay connected. You bet, man. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Have a good day, bud. Thanks so much for listening to the Weekly BJ Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when each weekly episode is posted. Follow me everywhere on social media at BJ Gador, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. And for more podcasts, plus workout, meal prep, and mobility content, please visit thedailybj.com, hashtag not a porn site. Membership is just $9.69 per month. Cancel anytime.